step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. You are listening to the Dean of Cannabis Law Radio with... Attorney Bruce Margolin. Since 1967, Bruce Margolin has represented his clients in all types of criminal matters. He has also successfully defended more marijuana cases than any other attorney in the country. Bruce is now pleased to be able to help his clients obtain cannabis business licenses and stay out of trouble. He has been awarded the Certificate of Appreciation from the ACLU, American Civil Liberties Union, as well as received honors for his work on behalf of the Constitutional Rights Foundation. Mr. Margolin has served as chairman for the Ethics Committee for NACDL, National Association for Criminal Defense Lawyers. Since 1973, he has been the director of the Los Angeles National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, NORML, and the advisor for Proposition 215, Californians for Compassionate Use, and served as legal counsel for Jack Hare's California Hemp Initiative. As a candidate for governor of California in 2003 and of U.S. Congress in 2012, he has helped establish the credibility of marijuana legalization policies. An excerpt from his book on the first page, Possession for Sale, dealing with California Health and Safety Code 11359B, misdemeanor, possession, as of, let's, let's uh, step back, okay, one page stuck to the other. Possession, as of November 8, 2016, the passage of Proposition 64, it is now legal to possess and give an ounce of marijuana and eight grams of hashish, California Health and Safety Code 11362.1, 11362.45. Law, possession of an ounce or less of marijuana and eight grams of hashish is legal in California by adults over 21. It is legal to possess, process, transport, purchase, obtain, and give away to persons 21 years of age or older without any compensation whatsoever, not more than 28.5 grams of marijuana, not in the form of concentrated cannabis, and eight grams of concentrated cannabis hashish included including as contained in marijuana products. Proposition 64 provides for felonies to be reduced to misdemeanors and dismisses previous convictions, H and S 11358, 11359, 11360. Felony convictions for marijuana offenses may be reduced to misdemeanors by Prop 64 or even dismissed. The law is retroactive. Defendants can have their conviction reduced to what it would be at the time if Prop 64 had been in effect. All right. This has just been an excerpt into the guide brought to you by Bruce Margolin. And here is Attorney Bruce Margolin. Thank you. Thank Take you. it away. Thank you very much for that kind introduction, and I appreciate uh, you uh, beginning to inform the public of the status of the law, that, that's what we're here for. You know, I started uh, doing this guide in 19, about well, it's been the 21st year that I put out the guide. Matter of fact, the first year was when I was with Jack Herrera at an event here in uh, Los Angeles at the federal building. I don't know if you remember those events. And uh, I used to speak in front of the crowd and, and I would uh, realize that many people did not know the law. Because it turned out, when you don't know the law, you don't know your rights, this is the way people got in trouble. So I put out the first guide. It's called the Hempster's Guide. That's what I was trying to do. The Hempster's Guide to State and Federal Marijuana Law. And that was, that's how I kept it for a few years. Because that's really what we were down for, making people aware that hemp was a beautiful product and a beautiful 
substance, and that was Jackie Harris' gift to all of us to make us aware of that. Mm-hmm. Now, there are exceptions to what things you just spoke about, okay? And these are important for people to know, and we can maybe promote some further discussion about them. So what you said a moment ago is, in essence, this. You can have an OZ. You can possess it. You can travel with it. You can give it away to your homeboy or anybody else as long as it's over 21. You also have eight grams of hash, and again, you can possess it, use it, give it away, etc. That's basically the possession deal, okay? Did it change the laws that much? Well, yeah, totally, because before it was a crime. It was an infraction, however, on a $100 fine in California. And uh, uh, it, although it takes the stigma out of marijuana use and takes the stigma out of the accusations as a dangerous drug because you can see how the public has gotten a hold of the idea that this is something they should consider in their lives. And the researchers and all the other people involved with the science are emboldened now because marijuana is legal in California. Now, I was promoting uh, Prop 64 to some degree because I was concerned that we wouldn't be able to pass marijuana legalization in California. Again, if we did do it this time, the last time around, in 2016, November, I thought it might be, there was a perfect storm at that point. You know, if we try to bring up uh, and lose it again, if we lost it again, we already lost it three times, 1972, when I worked with Jack. We lost it again in 19, uh, let's see, 2000, uh, Prop 19, almost Prop 19, I forget. Uh, 88 or No, no, it was later than that. Oh. Uh, it was a few years ago. I got a history. I'll look at my gut. I have an article written about me. But anyway, we lost Pop 219 by just a few votes. We lost, I think we had uh, they, uh, we had something like 46, 46% and, and the winners, or whatever you want to call them, uh, all losers, had like, you know, the difference. It wasn't many. It was like, you know, three or four percentage. And so uh, we really had to support Pop 64 because, it would be the end of the game if we, I didn't think if we could actually get it done. By the way, it was like in October uh, in 2010. That was when we had Prop 19. Can't believe it was that long ago. Time flies, you guys. All right, so now in California, we have this so-called legalization. It is legalization, okay? And in fact, uh, but there are exceptions to where you can use it and how you can use it, etc. And I think you've got to be hip to that because otherwise you'd be subject to a fine and have to deal with, it, you know, with those problems. Smoke or ingest marijuana or marijuana products in any public place, except for certain exceptions, that's where there was, it's authorized, is a $100 infraction. Well, that's not cool because before we didn't have laws like that before it's Prop 64. Right. So I'm not happy about that. Smoke marijuana or marijuana products in a location where smoking tobacco is prohibited, another $100 fine. Smoke marijuana or marijuana products within 1,000 feet of a school. Daycare, youth center, while children are present at each uh, at such a school, daycare center or youth center, except upon the grounds of a private residence in accordance with a certain section of it. So if you live near a school, you can smoke curb on your private property or in a residence, particularly, say, residence. And I'll come back to that in a few minutes because uh, this is one of the frustration I have. Because going back to the, you'll see a list of things here. That really put people that don't have residences, homes, they got no place to talk and smoke in the night joke. So I've been down for a campaign to fight at least for what's called on-site consumption locations. Like, you know, Dennis Perone had in San Francisco. Do you remember those? Do you ever go up to the Buyers Club, the Cannabis Cars Club in San Francisco? Yeah, yeah, that was a paradise. Was that the yeah. Island Restaurant. Is that what it was? Yeah, the island restaurant. It was beautiful, I tell you. It was a beautiful experience. And I, I, was, I was not even... A, Cancer. I was still probably elementary school back then when he was doing that. Well, I went up there and visited him, and uh, you know, there was an atmosphere of comradery and, and love and affection and, and helping each other, and that's why we must have these on-site consumption locations at least, okay? Well, just like walking down the street, like, I'm a free person. This is our air that we share. Mm-hmm. I, I should have a right to smoke that. Well, the bottom line is they're trying to put other people who don't necessarily want to get you hear your smoke or smell your smoke. It's an invasion of their arguably rights to be free with fresh air without smoking. No, I mean, we're not given a God given fresh air right 
as humans, like we have this land to live on and we share it and we try to be respectful, but in the sense of having to punish and punish and punish. Oh, I totally agree. I know, I agree that what it should, at worst it should say, at best it should say, oh, you're helping not, us to, map it out, not, to, not smoke in a place that's prohibited and or a place that would be considered interfering with other people's uh, um, concerns. I don't know. Somehow you have to balance those two but things. When, but when my I'll, concern, you know, yeah. balance. When, when it's my concern. I get it. I get it. But let me tell you, this is a problem we have. Remember we discussed this many times before. You know, I was down for Jack and Mary's initiative, okay? I would have been beautiful. I, 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 I got to tell you, we're going to go back to the drawing board. That's what I think we have to do. But let's talk about the reality. If we wanted to pass this sucker, they, they did. Or, let me tell you something. We didn't write this, this Prop 64. None of us in the in so-called um, activists were involved. It was all up to... Sacramento, and it was led by this, uh, what's the name? Uh, Sean Parker's an abster, and also Pfizer, and some other big monies out there. I, I don't know. Sean Parker? Yeah, who started the Napster thing. He was the kind of yeah, the big yeah. face for it. He came up with some money, a lot of money for it. Is that he what kept coming up with money, with millions yeah. and millions. Well, I still think he was down for the right idea, okay? And I respect that. But, but let me tell you, the, the whole thing here was to balance out the naysayers so they wouldn't have something to bitch about. So someone could go on a radio, oh, they're going to be smoking all over the streets, they're going to interfere with your rights, your kids will be walking down the streets and smell people's marijuana. Don't vote for it. And that's what would have happened probably. Well, well, now it seems like drop a dime on anyone for marijuana is now law. It's like, it seems like police that didn't know anything about it were just like, all right, we're not going to bust anyone, marijuana is illegal, what do you... Then they looked at the law and says, what do you mean? It's now more illegal. Now we have the tools to arrest people. They're spending... Not arrest people. Give them a ticket, $100 fine. They're spending millions of, on CHP, how to be able, be able to view people, how they look stoned and have different tests. I mean, how can you test for the active metabolite? Well, this is the thing. Now, let me explain something to you. I, 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 can you trust Big Brother? No. But the idea of this is to determine when someone's impaired because they've been effing with us Simply because you have THC in your system, like that's a crime. It's not a crime, okay? They have THC. In Dubai, it is. Huh? In Dubai, it is. No, we're not talking about Dubai. We're talking about in America and right. California. It's not a crime to have. In some states, if you have more than X amount of nanograms, you're guilty. I think it's Utah, five nanograms, for example. We don't have that in California, okay? And so the bottom line is, is the crime of driving impaired is what we have in California. That means not necessarily driving under the influence, what they call it. It's driving while impaired, while you're impaired, okay? So these tests that they're supposedly doing, which they came up with $3 million for, that was part of the Prop 64, is to provide for testing to see when someone's impaired versus just someone using. For example, not only with marijuana, but with other substances like opiates and, and, and too many uh, late, what do they call those, nighttime NyQuil and all these things that people think it's safe to drive around with, they want to be able to identify that situation, explain to people that this is something you can't do because you're endangering others. Now, have I seen anybody in my office that said he got popped or even a ticket for smoking in public? No. Is it going to happen in the future? Maybe in some places sometimes, you know. I don't think cops would be too excited about running a ticket bothering with that crap, okay, unless they have a particular assignment. So we'll see. Don't forget the law is only as good as those who interpret it and those who enforce it. And i got to tell you right now, I haven't seen a marijuana case in my office for now basically not very many days, okay? Very seldom do I have a marijuana case right now, and I'm glad to say that. Of course, I might be backing off a lot right now, the cops. Why? But first of all, they're a little confused about the law. Number two is... Uh, they don't want to deal with it, okay, any longer, because it's only a misdemeanor. It yeah. like a, they don't get no blood out of it, okay? And number three is they don't want to be viewed. They don't want to be photographed on the street. They're tired of people, you know, filming them. and They just don't want to deal with it. It's not important enough to them. So that's hopefully the reason they're not going after anybody. And besides that, their mother-in-law smoking it, their sister-in-law, their families are taking herb for their medical conditions. Everybody knows. And CBD. Yes, yeah. talk about CBD, the herb. That's the sacred herb. So, so a lot of it is you're saying there's less convictions and more licensing. 
well, that's, that's coming to your office. Because I do licensing all there are a lot of people coming to get licenses, okay? That's another whole conversation. But it's big it's a part of my practice. I see people daily. They come in and want to know how to get a license. It's in my guide, a little bit about it. And it basically it's a complicated conversation, but based I can explain it to you in a few minutes. Let's finish with what you can do right now regarding possession of marijuana and what is it you can't do. So just so people got a heads up. I'm going to educate him. All right. All right, let's go on. So we got a number one. Now, we talked about two places, the $100 fine to smoke in public, the $100 fine to smoke where tobacco is prohibited, it's a $100 fine to smoke within 1,000 feet of a school unless you're in your residence. Got it so far? $100. Now, possession of an open container or open package of marijuana or marijuana products while driving, operating, or riding in a passenger or riding in a passenger seat or compartment of a motor vehicle, boat, vessel, or other thing, is a bigger fine, 250 bucks. Now, it's okay to store marijuana in your trunk, open containers, and patients with doctor's recommendations or ID cards may have unsealed containers in their car. So they try to make an exception for patients to give them more opportunity. If they need herbs, can be right in their car, unsealed, doesn't have to be sealed. This is other than the trunk. If it's in other, the trunk, other, it's yeah. If the trunk is culture, no matter whether you got it sealed or unsealed. Okay. Okay. Now, and now let me tell you about these little fines. I haven't seen anybody get these tickets yet. I hope I never do. But these fines are multiplied by about five when they come up with these so-called penalty assessments. So it could be an expensive proposition. $100 could turn to $500. Got it? They don't necessarily have to give you a whole $100 fine. They can give you a $20 fine or a $10 fine. Who knows? But I'm just giving you a heads up. It's also to possess or smoke or ingest marijuana products in or upon the grounds of a school, daycare center, or youth center while children are present. $100 infraction. These are all infractions, by the way. They're not misdemeanors, okay? Okay, now, number, whatever number we're at, four or five, um, Okay, uh, it's unlawful to manufacture concentrated cannabis using a volatile solvent unless done in accordance with licensing laws. And I'll tell you, if you get busted making hash with um, the butane and you blow yourself up or blow someone else up, they, they want five years. That's what they want. They want to, they want people to go to jail for that because they want to teach them that it's dangerous, okay? Now, I do have a case right now, however, my client... Uh, accused of having done this and he was a serviceman and it seems like uh, in this particular situation with people that were, were the victims of the wars they having more that would say pity they give them an option to get more treatment from the PBA instead of going to jail or prison because some people are suffering from the post post uh, what do you call it PTSA whatever it is PTSD yeah you mean from war? And, yeah, from war. Okay, but yeah. the federal government still not, the VA is not covering that, or California is going to cover that? No, the Cal- no, the VA is covering it. And it says that, they, first of all, they're allowing marijuana to be used uh, or, or, or uh, by veterans. And I understand at least they're, they're, we have normally had a big fight about this, that they were denying their, their uh, rights because they were using marijuana or something. So, they're, they're loosening up, okay? So number two is, I'm just making a, an essence of a side conversation about this blowing up. Is, I tell you, if you're otherwise, it's punished by three, five, or seven years in prison. And again, depending on where you are, they're going to punish you to, to make it, bring it home to everybody else. You can't use detain to make hash because people can blow themselves up, blow up houses. Kill well, especially when... They're going to use it after the fact, in, or they're going to do start doing stings and watching groups. Well, maybe they might watch people buying butane cans and watch them follow them. You know what I mean? They get like go in there and get a. There's such a huge butane industry. So many people do it, and not just California. I mean, also yeah. in uh, Oregon and Washington with, with houses with people just being stupid and ruin it for everybody else. When butane hash is a is a wonderful. Now you can't get a thing. license to do it. You know that in California yeah. they have a licensing for that now. Let's go on with it. Okay, right. now, you can't smoke marijuana products while driving a motor vehicle. 
You can't talk and joke and drive, okay? With a joint in your hand. That, that's old school now. It's a big deal. It's an infraction, but it's a $250 infraction, so it could cost you some dollars. And even an open container, you no longer have roaches in the ashtray. That could be a hundred dollar tax, hundred dollar fine. Uh, cotton swab, but if they have a DUI checkpoint, pull a cotton swab out and, and test you. Have you? What do you think? Would well, that be viable? I heard they're doing that already in San Diego. There's, a, there's the ACLU is bringing a lawsuit against it being an unlawful search. Okay. Wow. Okay. But anyway, the point is, is that anyway, I don't know what to predict. I just can hope for the best. Okay. Now, maybe it's better, I don't know, just because you come up with uh, a cotton swab to show you had THC or some you know, opiate or some other thing in it. I don't know what to say about it. I hope people are more drive impaired. I know it's dangerous to eat herb, you know that, and not understand the consequences of it because you, people have a tendency to say, oh, it tastes good, it tastes good, nothing's happening. They get out in the highway and they can't even drive, you know what I mean? So people have to be educated. You know, first of all, the duty of government, I've been saying, Noble's been saying, the duty is to advise people of the dangers, not to put them in jail, to research, to research and the scientific effect and advise, 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 advise the public of what the research comes up with. And for people that need rehabilitation for other drugs, any drugs, they should provide it. But incarceration is no place to heal yourself, Okay. Incarceration doesn't create anything but more frustration, more depression, um, more embarrassment, ruins your life, life, you got to make some money. So there's plenty of people in jail. No one belongs in jail for marijuana. I've said that for 50 years. As a matter of fact, I've got a service mark given to the United States of America that I can use. I use on my, my stuff. No one belongs in jail for marijuana. That's my position. So we're right on that. Okay, let's go back to this. But, no. but, yeah, what do you want to say? And I meant like, but, yeah. but. Okay, now what about the swab business? What do you want to say about it? Uh, just how, how it could stand up and prove that it was a recent ingestion of marijuana as opposed to I smoked two hours ago, an hour ago, or five minutes ago. I guess if it's got a high THC, it goes up really quickly after you get like a token, you know. It goes up high. It doesn't mean you're impaired, though. Matter of fact, it's clearly not a basis to say you're impaired. I got I got a case right here. It was a civil case out of the, out of the East Coast District, where the judge ruled that the fact that a person had marijuana in their system was not a basis to consider whether they were negligent in driving. You know what I mean? It doesn't. Does, those two things don't correlate. It has been proven. The court says this doesn't. It's not admissible for the purpose of proving they were negligent. Okay. Yeah, like the the dangers of driving while quote unquote this high. Is hasn't been proven as alcohol has been time and time again. People have been no, it doesn't got proven at all by they've alcohol, got, but not by marijuana. Not even close. People drive better when they're high. That's another study they've done. Okay, they're more cautious. They drive slower. That's the reality. Okay, and the government knows that too. So they're a little bit of a quandary here. So let's hope they come up with some decent rules so people don't get jerked around and charged with driving impaired. Just because they have some THC in their system, okay? Or, uh, get high DUI is a sign up and down California on the roads. Get high DUIs all, all around. It, it's just weird. It's just what they're forcing in our faces. You know? Well, it's, well, they're, this is their, their concept. I don't know who put those on there, but the point is, getting high doesn't mean you're impaired, okay? It means that you're happy. Right. You know, that's a constitutional right to be yeah. happy. Pursuit of happiness. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. If smoking herb makes you happy, then you then you have a right and to do cautious. it. And paranoid. Like that's the thing. People have been paranoid in marijuana. You drive and you're ultra paranoid, you think cars be coming from above. You got all these extra sensory percentages. You'd be driving so safe. What are you smoking, Mel? You CBD right here that's so good because my neck's been hurting me because it's cold. I'm a cancer survivor now. But yeah, does CBD get you high? No, it just relaxes the pain and lets me, me brain okay. work normal. Okay, well, that's what I was saying. But you're talking about getting high. You said you're high. Well, I mean, I also have some other. That's why I got you. Take your stash out. Uh, I'm holding on to your bro. 
<laughs> Don't forget it's legal to win win OZ. Right, right, yeah, but but you're let, but what'd you yeah. say you're on your landlord's terms? Let's <laughs> uh, <laughs> keep talking. Okay, now, um, let's just go with that. And by the way, uh, you know, if a landlord tells a tenant or the or the um, what they call the, the these um, these people have condominium um, rules, you can't smoke. You can't smoke there either. It's really messed up. So unless you have a freaking home, a residence, you're F-U-C-K, okay? You've got a... That smells nice. That's, right? that's, a C, that's a CBD. That's a CBD. Yeah, right? can, cannabinol. It's so delicious. Yeah. yeah. But it's really quite a painkiller. The other one smells quite sweet. That, yeah, that one's got the THC in it. This one is, is 11% CBD. Really? And and that one would be... Can you guys smell it? I'm put my microphone up here. You guys can smell it. Can you smell it? <laughs> you don't get it, huh? Okay, well, I'm sorry about that. Anyway, let's go on with this. Come on. Okay, I think we've got enough of that. We've got to pretty much clear it out. Okay, let's move along. Now, possession for sale and sale of marijuana and cultivation of marijuana. I don't care what you, how much you have. I don't give us 500 pounds or 10,000 plants. Misdemeanor in California. 10,000 plants, a misdemeanor now? A misdemeanor, no matter how many you have. Uh, you mean statewide, unless they hand you over to the feds? That's true. Unless they hand you over to the feds, yeah. Now, is that a simple turnkey thing that they could do if if the state troopers bust you, that they uh, go over to the feds, or would it have to be the feds that bust you? Just pull you no, back. anybody could do it, but the feds have to be interested in busting you, okay? They have limited resources. They can't bust everybody for weed, they know it, okay? So if they do, and when they do on occasion, it's usually situations where people are taken out of the state, transported across straight lines, lots of quality, and particularly organized crime. That's their, that's what they look for, okay? They don't like organized crime involved. So that's the, that's the status. We can talk about the administration and the whole thing about federal prosecution. I could go on and you know talk about sessions, which really pissed me off the other day. I hate to say I get angry, but I was angry that he was threatening this, essentially by saying he's going to prosecute people that use um, even medical herb. As it's, what makes me mad is people that need it for medical purposes. It's very shocking. Mm-hmm. Would you imagine saying they're going to take away your medicine? I don't care how you say, oh, it's not going to happen. Like, if you're sick and you use this and you need it, and many people do, and many people use it in ways that no one thing else would help them. That's cool to say we're going to take it away from you, you know? And, and it's even though we think it's recreational, they're taking it away from people that are 21 and under. That had tw- between 21 and 18, they're able to get medical. Or even under that, it was easier to get medical. Now everyone has to go through a state card system instead of just go to mm-hmm. your no, own doctor. I don't know about that. No, no. The only thing is, no, the state card system is up in play, but the state card system only means that, I mean, let me tell you, I'll tell you what, you want to know about juveniles? Well, I mean, that's what they ask at all the clubs I've been to is, like, to be able to get the medical discount without the, the extra discount, tax. discount, yeah. No, I mean, without the taxation. Right, the discount. you got to have As a, a medical sale. They want you to, they want you to have the uh, county department issued card, okay? County or state? No, it's, no, it's, it's issued by the county health department. It's under the state of California rules, but every county has a health department card, health department that offers um, the the uh, official card. So I've got to travel up and down the state to register each county? No, no, you still have to have one from any county. But the the situation was this, okay? I can give you the backstory. We passed Prop 250 in 1995. You didn't say how much herbs you could have, okay? It said you could grow it, you could possess it, so could your caregiver. It said, well, you get the first seed, nothing that that was included. So they passed Senate Bill 420, that you're all familiar with, which still exists this day temporarily, and that provided for collectors and co-ops, et cetera. But more particularly, it gave the cops a bright line as to when they should bust people and think that maybe they're acting out the law. So they came to six plant bullshit, and uh, six mature or 12 mature, et cetera, okay? And they could have up to eight ounces of butt. If you had more than that amount, the courts would rule, that's okay too, as long as it's amount consistent with your personal medical needs and medical needs. But on top of that, it also made it a law that cops could not ignore county health department card, as they did and could do and continue could do when it comes to to a to a doctor's recommendation. They can say that's phony. 
Now, I think I saw some legislation about this. They're going to say something along the lines, the cops cannot ignore patient, patient uh, letters from doctors unless they had reason to believe they were forged. So I, I'm not sure that's in place, but that was battered about as being a new condition of cops just ignoring the letters. But beyond that, I guess they wanted to have proof that you're actually a patient when you get a health, county health department card, you can't forge those. They're more difficult to forge, I suppose. And that's why they're trying to get over on these taxes. At least but the, then they know whose guns to take. Because if we get, go and get a health county department card. That's, right. that's right. It's same same thing like a lot of immigrants in California. Sure. They're well, like, hey, you get a license even though you're an immigrant. And they're collecting people. They were supposed to. The law says they're not supposed to share that information with anybody. It's uh, read it if you want to read it. Now the laws aren't as good as those those who enforce it. I'll tell you what it says about county health department cards, about what the law is, about them not sharing it with other organizations or probably the federal government. Okay, let's see what it says. Let me see if I can find it in my guide. Take me a moment here. Anyway, so the bottom line is uh, the county health department is not supposed to share their information with other other agencies and uh let's see if I can find it here. I'm looking for it. It's in my guide. It's just let's move on until I find it. Okay, here. Okay, now um, to obtain a county health department card, the ID program you can call eight six 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 two one two two zero four dial zero and they will um pay where to get it, etc. Okay? What happened is this. Um under Senate Bill 420, the county health department ID program was passed by the legislature in 2005. By establishing a government-approved patient identification card, the program provides protection to patients and their primary caregivers. Note that an ID-issued card is not required for court proceedings. To obtain a card, I just gave you the telephone number. I said police often police uh, often ignore doctors' letters. However, they must recognize the county issued health department cards as proof that these are um, these are um, legitimate patients. Now, uh, I put in my God, they can't ignore it unless they had some reason to believe it was forged. Now, I'm not sure that actually was passed. I got a section that we have to look it up. But anyway, um, it goes on to say that police often ignore the physician's recommendation but claim they cannot determine if the document is legitimate or forged. However, the law mandates the police to acknowledge health department cards. Patients are to, can obtain an ID card for the best protection. It has a 24-hour free telephone number that will enable law enforcement to immediately determine whether people actually have it and give them whatever break, break they should because of it. It makes it mandatory for law enforcement to comply. As a matter of fact, it's a, I think it's a misdemeanor if they try to reject that, okay? Now, and also, that's what I want to get down to. The ID system is also designated with a safeguard needed to protect patients' privacy under Senate Bill 420. Uh, it criminalized non-confidentiality, information provided to or contained in records of the department or the county health department of the county's designee pertaining to identification cards. This means it's illegal to report confidential information about medical marijuana use to outside agencies, including the federal government. So that's the rule. Now, are they going to stick to it? Who knows? I don't know. Well, th well, that's just the thing about a lot of data pools, is that it doesn't end up in the hands you could think it's going to end up in. Well, I totally agree. I mean, like I guess, whole hospital like, recently. The whole thing is like a noose on our neck. A, a whole hospital recently had to pay like terrorists bitcoins to release the patient information. They totally encrypted their whole hospital, and they paid it. They paid the ransom. So I mean, there's a lot of information out no there. No question about it. And yeah. Who knows who did it? Yeah. I don't like the idea. The whole thing is like a noose on our neck between all these restrictions. And all this, and then, then you have on top of that, the, you have to get now get an ID card to save money, and you got to register here, register there. Then are we bound to what it says on this health ID card, like with a driver's license, that even if it's expired, we still can't become, we, we get in trouble even more if no. we're driving? 
You don't have to have an ID card. It's not required. Well, that, that's. I mean, it feels like it's going. It's going towards that. The, the part about the freedom, land of the free, home of the brave. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, see well, it yet. Yeah. <laughs> Let's find it. I get it. But I don't know. We can still walk down the street pretty much, you know, without getting too much hassle. That's why we need good freaking criminal lawyers. Okay, they're the ones who put the cops' feet to the fire. They do crap like violate your rights. They make a motion to suppress the search. The cop looks like a fool, and he get punished by. Him not being able to get what's called the fruit to the poison tree. That's a conviction. So cops, you know, know that. Although the problem is to determine what is illegal and what is not is up to a judge. And as I said earlier in this program, the laws are only as good as those who enforce it and those who interpret it. This is the nature of the beast. Yeah, and they're, they're being threatened by some of those Antifa groups too. It actually kind of feels like, because I've been driving around a lot, that there's not as many cops out just by themselves, they're usually in larger groups together. Probably. It just. You, what kind of groups you call them? Antifa? What do they call them? Oh, the and and uh, Antifa, fascial. The, the ones that group that's I know that Wall Street paper that's saying like, hey, we're all gonna rise up on this day and and fight fascism. But uh, okay, I don't want to get any more play. I don't get what you're talking about. I don't get it. But just those groups that are just trying to put fear in other groups. Is I, I don't get it. That's, so. I, I don't know what those groups are. Maybe you can refresh my memory. But I got one group that's about to put fear. That's the Republican government. They're putting fear in people's heart. Now the government's closing down. You know about that, supposedly? Today, it's closed down. Right now, I think it's closed. Because they decided not to pay everybody? They decided that they didn't want to come up with a budget, apparently. And that means anybody who works in the federal government's going to get not Did get they paid. do this like seven years ago also? I don't remember. I take your word for it. Is that true? No, I mean, it feels like, you know, they're always, like, fighting on the budget. But, I mean, I'm not one that even knows that stuff, so I just be... No, let's not talk about something yeah. I know about. Okay. All right. Now, um, let's talk about, you want to talk about driving impaired? Um, I don't need to talk about what I do. Let's talk about no, what... Do you, want to try, you want to talk about the law? What driving impaired? Uh, the driving hold impaired... On, hold on. Hold on. Okay. Because she's an acquired, and they invited her to um, uh, Disneyland, like a, to sing there. So she's 12 years old. I'm very proud of her. The good little girl, and she's a nice little. She's got a nice voice, and she's an acquired. She loves it. Okay, now driving. Do I talk about while impaired? What it means? What the people get to do if they get pulled over? What they should do? I think do? we were. I think we got past the impaired part. That they really can't prove the impaired well, in the long well, run. Well, let me tell you why they can't. One way they can't prove it is that you, if you don't take the filter body test, then they have more trouble. Okay, and you're not required to take the filter body test. They say touch your nose, walk the line, all that stuff. You're not required to do that. You are required to take a blood or urine test. If they tell you that you got to, if they give you the choice to do it, but they have to have a basis to arrest you first, okay? So they have a right to arrest. You can't bring you in for a blood test. So they're, they're just like, oh, but let me just stick this swab in your mouth. It'll be easier. You just say, right. give me a cup. Now I'm going to pee in something. I'll take your sobriety test right here. It takes it takes consent. Okay. Okay. Now, if you refuse after they have probable cause to arrest you, and you refuse, then you could be uh, you lose your license for six months. Or a year, I forget what you want to do. Okay. Oh, you mean refuse even to do the blood test or the urine? The blood or urine test, if you refuse those. But yeah. you can refuse the filter body test. And that's what gets people because the cops make up their own decision about whether you pass it or not. And it's very hard to refute it, okay? They'll, they'll look to the left. Oh, they were leaning a little. Yes, yes. They could go on with all that crap right. all day long and there's no way to refute it. Unfortunately, they won't record it. They got cameras. God forbid they put a camera out there to show how you perform. No. Have you stand on the back of the police car? 
They should freaking put cameras on people and they had to put in the lights so they can see if they did or didn't do the filter body test. Or just plain out, you can refuse it politely. I don't want to take the filter body test, officer. Why? It's my right not to. Thank you, sir. I want, I'd like to not to be further detained. I'd like to be at leave. Okay. Well, that, where were you going? Where are you, why are you asking me, sir? What do you be wanting me for? Where are you coming from? Have you been smoking a weed tonight? Sir, so they're fishing. Yeah, I want to be. I don't want to make any statement. I want to. I want to. I want. I don't want to be detained any further. Respectfully, sir. And so they do a visual search of the in, inside of the cab, but the trunk they have to ask permission to go into there. Well, number one is they could do a visual search because it's not it's not protected. I mean, you can see it from outside the window. Tough titty said to kitty. Okay. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you can't get in your trunk. They can't see in there. Unless you give them permission, let's say a probable cause. And by the way, under Prop 64, the smell of marijuana or possession of, of an ounce or less or eight grams of, is not probable cause to search. Isn't that tricky? Isn't that interesting? Search of the whole vehicle? Yes, or the person, unless or it, arguably, unless they have, they, there's more than an ounce in there. And now, they can't have, they can approve that, but well, visually. that's going to be the issue. Now, let me tell you, so I got a couple of cases pending right now on that issue, okay? Um, and so, um, the bottom line, as far as I understand the law, and you know, I can read it to you, it says very specifically that possession of marijuana is no longer contraband, and it's not a basis for search. Got it? Okay, so, or nor is the smell, which is extraordinary because we've been living in the smell problem caused all these 50 years that since I've been in practice, it's a very Achilles heel, you know? Cops said they could smell it. How can you disprove it? It's very difficult, right? But now they have to arguably, arguably, that they have to smell or know it's more than an ounce for openers, okay? Now, how are they going to know that? So how's that going to play out? I got a guy right now that got pulled over. They claim they saw some weed sitting on the floor of the car. He was in my office today. They saw like an o, less than an OZ. Then they went ahead and started searching the car, and they found like one of those canisters, you know, with the Heidi canisters, the scoop powder at the bottom. Oh, right, like the soda thing. And they found they said to have some product in there, some cocaine. Well, the issue is going to be, did they have probable cause to search that? Not in and of itself. I don't think they're going to get by that. I right. think they're going to have a problem showing that you've just got to sell marijuana card. They start searching the rest of the car. they got to show up something to prove that they have reason to believe there was more in there than just an ounce. Right. Like, did they, and then they'll make up that the person looked like they were high on cocaine. This fake, like, I am a cop. I know these things. I'm a detector. Well, okay. <laughs> okay, all I can say is they do make up stuff. There's no question about it. And on the other hand, they're very sensitive to looking at the worst about people. And uh, cops are cops, man. This kid has been that way forever, right? Right. You know? That's the nature of the beast. That's why we have to have more, you know, um, Public control of the police officers who they hire, their training's got to be top notch. They got to respect people's rights, and we have to keep reminding police officers because their 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 thinking is that their job is to put bad people in jail. Okay, and this is where they get their kudos from. This is what they get. This is what get their so they sort of like they like to think of themselves. Well, they think they're protecting the public. You know, somebody's got to do it. They think that's their job, and they and it is their job. If we didn't have cops or somebody were to do that, what would it be? Guy walk up to you, rob you, and say tough shit. Right. It's like, in some sense, there is a tiny valid point for some fear upon the people that will do murderous, wrong things. Not murderous necessarily. Murder people are fucking nuts, okay? But people think they're going to rob you on the street. They might think twice if they got to go to prison for it. Right. And and yeah, these human needs that we have because we're animals. And it's all happened before, and we want to live in more of a utopian-like society. And these are our dogs that enforce things. They just go by the rules, and they're human creatures. You know, some days they're, they're bad, pissed off, and want to beat a skull. And they've done that repeatedly. And just getting the right people there with their anger management to go in there in these authoritative judging on the street roles to take away the the lethality from their hands is key. If we can make it so people do not get hurt by any more police officers, that's who people are most likely to get hurt by, not a terrorist. 
It's a police officer. So people figure that they can do shit to cops and not going to have to get hurt. Oh, no. Cops have other ways to incapacitate okay, someone, okay, like well, so. okay. something, yeah. but okay. make the ways to they <clears throat> not take in line. Well, one of the things that's happening today, one of the reasons there's so much less law enforcement in the streets, they know people got recorders all over the place now, okay? Everybody's got their phone camera out. Everybody's all aware very, very suspicious of cops. And that's one of the reasons they're not going out in the neighborhood too often anymore, okay? I heard from one uh, little series of discussions about police officers saying, we're going to be like fire engines, like fire department people. We're going to sit in our, in our precinct, and when they call us, we'll go. We're not going to walk around the street looking for people in trouble because uh, we're tired of getting cameras all over us and everything else that goes on. So, well, who cares? I mean, cameras are one thing, but them getting shot and killed, that's another. They should get themselves out there and smile for the cameras. And they have their body cameras on there. I wish they'd use them all the time. I think it should be mandatory that they're in use all the time. And too. be like the tour guides to your city. Be like, you know what? We're trying to keep everything happy. Go lucky. We're moving non-lethally to give people confidence and to be able to call in the Mountie when the Mountie needs to come in and stop some kind of Vegas-like incident. Because actually Las Vegas police officers were on a campaign of non-lethality without hurting anybody for two or three years they've been able to not kill a very large as many people as they were before yeah because of the, the civil lawyers sued their asses and that's what they're worried about okay again lawyers are the ones that protect us okay yeah. don't make it wrong you know people say lawyers are a joke and all that and they're all a bunch of greedy bastards well when they sue some cop for beating the shit out of somebody and collect two gazillion dollars they don't like that the government doesn't like it the cities don't like it because they got to pay it so that's why they're teaching them to not to any force of violence against citizens, especially today when there's so many cameras on them, they got to get hit to it because they're going to get busted themselves. So that's what's happening in one way. But I can't talk about the police department. I can't talk about how they run. I can't criticize the world. I can't change the world. But I can inform people about what rights they have and about what the laws are because the way to stay out of jail is to know your right to know the laws. So, and that's my vision of life is to teach people the law so they can stay out of trouble. Now, again, um, you can look at my guide online that talks about all areas of this area of, of uh, the laws in California, the legalization laws. We talk about search and seizure laws. We talk about dispensaries and co-ops and collectives, what they are, what they aren't, what they used to be, destruction of arrest records. Uh, and uh, and a bunch of other things, including the licensing laws. That's happening uh, big right now huh? is the uh, expunging of arrest records in the news. Yeah. Oh, big time! I just I was just on I was just on uh, Vice this last week, and uh, I'm on. I'm so. Anyway, so um, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Now, look, at we have in my guide the licensing laws, what the licensing laws are, how to get a license, what it provides for them. People want to know about that because they want to get licenses. Do I like the licensing thing? You know, it's still like it's closing in on us, you know. I don't like taxation and regulations to the degree that they're talking about. What if, what if you do that? skip the licensing, grow a whole bunch, and later they come after you for not having a license. You're going to be busted for uh, tax Mr. evasion? Mr. Okay. Possession for sale, cultivation, transportation. But also, there's going to be also penalties for people that are running shops that are illegal, like $20,000 a day fines, yeah. things like that. From, yeah, from the early days of the AB 266, with no, no, no. Proposition D was what limited the city of Los Angeles to 134 dispensaries, and those who were not in compliance were being charged with a violation of the local land use regulations and uh, subject to misdemeanors, and uh, et cetera. That's what was happening there. Now they've raised the ante and stand to $20,000 a day for people that are violating those laws. And as soon as the licensing comes out, and people are licensed up, they're going to start moving on those other people because they want to protect the monopoly 
that the licensed people are going to have, and they also want to protect the government's ability to tax, and they can't tax these illegal dispensaries because they're not, not in, the, in the deal. So yeah, that's what's happening. Do I like it? I don't want to see anybody in trouble. Have you seen the, the state map of what counties you cannot grow in? It's like 75% of the counties have like cultivation bans. I know, and I know that. And that was very sad. I remember when that came out, they, they, were, they were pushing that kind of in the beginning of AB 266 because, and then Prop 64 said that by May, if there was some inference that by May of that year, if the cities and counties did not do anything regarding banning or licensing that the state of California would do it. Well, that May date was taken off of calendar but by the governor or whatever. But in the meantime, all the cities and counties ran out and just called for banning to protect their rights to be able in the future to decide how they're going to use the land for whether it's going to be for 20 dispensaries or 15 whorehouses or whatever it's going to be. They want to protect that right when it came to marijuana to decide what dispensaries they could have what kind of cultivation they're going to allow or not. Unfortunately, we're battling that land now all over the state, my office in particular, trying to get these different locales to provide for licensing. And I think they're going to cave. Most of them are caving almost on a daily basis. More and more counties are coming. Are you familiar with Nevada? Huh? Are you familiar with Nevada? No. Okay. I don't know. I can't keep up with Nevada. It's very hard to keep up with California, let alone Nevada, okay? But... Uh, the bottom line is that the licensing laws are what is here right now. I would like to see a new initiative on the ballot to deal with some of these things we've been talking about. I would like to talk about Jack Herrera initiative still. I'm still down for his concept. In a way, well, as far as I'm concerned, it should be like broccoli, okay? You go to go to the market, you go to broccoli, you get your cannabis, big deal. What difference does it make? It's not anything. It's, so you can see people are using it anyway in one way or the other. There's no calamity over it. Now that it's legalized, dogs aren't having kittens and cats aren't having puppies. Nothing's changed, okay? Except the price has gone up. Well, that's one problem, okay? Well, actually, it's gone down. The price of weed has gone way down as far as the, the, the dealers are concerned, the, uh, the uh, growers. It's gone from about $2,500 a pound down to, I've heard, seven, dollars $800,000 a pound. It's gone way down. Um, for, well, because everyone has to put their... Marijuana through the the tax board, the one, the California marijuana pimp dealer. There's that center board that's got to tax it. But it hasn't come it. In, but it hasn't come into place now. These places aren't even running. I'm talking about on the black market. These fifteen and twenty-five, fifteen hundred dollar pounds and eight hundred dollar pounds, or whatever, it's going way down. Why? Because a lot of people are growing. A lot of people are emboldened by the fact it's only six months maximum. They're probably figuring, I'll take my chances. A lot more weed out there. And there's a lot of beautiful weed, too. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, different qualities, for sure. Indoors, yeah. outdoors. I love. Yeah, people are humble. They really love their herb and they respect it and honor it, which I hope everybody involved with this whole campaign understands that we're dealing with something that's sacred. It's not just a freaking plant, which is also... Well, I mean, there's the California price and there's the not California price. So, <laughs> like, people, people trying to buy herb from California pay a higher price than Californians. It's just, it's Cali herb. We, we sell California herb at very high. We're blessed. California is so blessed. The land of the sun, the land of the sun, and the, and the fruit, and the fruits. Yeah. yeah. The sun and the fruits and the Cali bud. Yeah, the Cali bud. Anyway, listen, um, I'd like to say, I, I'm glad it's legalized because it does take the stigma of a little bit. People don't have the same kind of attitude towards it. We still have plenty of people still have reefer madness minds, including the people that are in city councils around the state of California and also hooked up with the people that are already in business who are trying to protect their businesses from something as horrid as having a marijuana dispensary down the street. They still haven't gotten over it, but in time it's continuing to get better and better all the time. I want us all to be free. I want my charge in life is to make sure people have a choice when it comes to make a decision whether they want to use this herb or not, that should be a constitutional right, should be protected by the government, not interfered by the government. And I think we're going in that direction. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we're getting closer to the end of the show. It's about uh, seven, eight more minutes. And um, 
If you'd like to throw some more things to wrap up, I can also uh, read some more from this wonderful guide that Bruce has put together for the past 21, 22 years from so much experience supporting people through the criminality they say it is to ingest a plant. This is just a plant, people trying to find their way to heal, their way to meditate. Uh, They call it recreate, but really when someone wants to get mellow, you're healing your spirit, and that's all marijuana does. So nevertheless, so this is a deal, okay? Um, I um, offered my guide, I said, before you can get online at at the 420laws.com. I'll call my office at 1-800-420-LAWS, and I'll send you a hard copy, which is nice. I give them out in all the dispensaries, and I give them out on the street, wherever people want them, and the DAs and everybody uses them, the public defenders, because it lays out the laws about, about the best you can. Anyway, so uh, I would like to, you know, open it up to ask you any, any questions you have because I know you're very keen on what's going on in the, in the streets, maybe more than I am. What is it, Scuttlebutt, as far as what you're hearing about people's opinion about Prop 64? Right, right now, Prop 64, uh, right before the New Year's, I saw a lot of clubs with their celebration. A lot of clubs had their dab rooms going. There was just a lot of smoke in the air. Everyone was really stoked and and but everyone knew the reality that all that was going to stop. San Bernardino doesn't have any clubs open right now. Like, anyone wants to get in the herb over there, they got to come more uh, westward. Um, there has been a complete shift in what you can do at the clubs. They still want to see your IDs. They still want to register you for purchasing something and then charge the higher tax rate. Some places I've seen have offered uh, regular taxation price if I can show them the county card that we were talking about. And so being a cancer survivor, that's very important. I don't want to be spending all my money on something that is way overtaxed and should not be taxed. As, so why, why are you buying dope on the street? What's your problem? Why? Marijuana on the street, it's not 1994 anymore. So people that need to get their pot. It's not always like you have like three to seven buddies you can go to. A lot of people have been stoked. They've been like having the marijuana come to them. So they've had everything already dialed in. And this giant shift has actually cut a lot of ties for the marijuana consumption of how people are getting their marijuana. And so now what they were used to getting, how they're getting it from a buddy or from some other friends or from a dispensary, a club, a cooperative that's now closed, they now have to get their marijuana in different ways, and they're spending their money in different situations. Like going to club, going to these dispensaries, right? If there happens to be one in their club. Oh, by the way, the city, of Bernardino, the city of San Bernardino does have dispensaries. The city, the county doesn't. And I recently spoke to the um, city, uh, the county of, of San Bernardino, about what's going on out there as far as marijuana enforcement, etc. Okay. One thing I was asking about: when are they going to start issuing licenses? Well, they didn't have a clear answer on that. But I also pointed out to the person that I have many clients who say that they're growing marijuana and all those, all those hills out there in, in all kinds of uh, obvious uh, greenhouses. Yeah, that, that, who, that and, like and illegal they, grows they use as excuse. And, let me just say something. What they told me is the sheriff of the county of San Bernardino says he's not dealing with marijuana uh, prosecutions. He says a land use right is not a criminal crime, and he's not going to put his men out there to deal with it. So I'm just giving you an example of how things are being dealt with at the moment. That might all shift later on, but I'm just giving you some ideas about what's going on in San Bernardino since you brought it up. And I've been in touch with these places. I'm dealing with this licensing. So that means I usually call the cities and counties to say, gee, what about this situation? What about that situation? So I'm getting a pretty broad spectrum of what's going on. And all I can say is that um, uh, it's okay. It's, it's, like like the wild, it's like back to the Wild West. Where, where some places the cops don't want to deal with it and some places they do. Yeah, if you go to Northern, Northern California, more eastern part of the state, that's not pretty up there, okay? That's tough. you got to be careful in there, okay? Remember that. That's a tougher part of the town as far as getting in trouble. They'll put people in jail up there for weed. Yes, and uh, right now we have about a minute left with uh, Attorney Bruce Margolin who's been supporting medical marijuana and recreational marijuana since 1967? I've supported the legalization of it. And 
and I'm supporting um, people's choice, and I'm supporting keeping people people out of jail, and I'm supporting the idea that it should be available for people to have it at a reasonable cost, and it should be good herb. And that's all I'm saying, okay? I'm not recommending marijuana. I'm only recommending the change of the laws that provide for people to be able to have that choice for themselves. I want to thank you very much for having me on this program because I need to put it together. I hope we're being informative to the public. I hope in the future we maybe want to get some, get some phone calls into the office or maybe because I am here at the office. We can have them open some lines up, get some feedback from, the, from our listeners to find out what they really want to talk about because it's going back and forth between us. Not that much fun, but I love you. So All right. You. Oh, yes. As we're building the show right here on the radio to become the podcast, talk to millions of people out there. Thank you so much. It's an Alice Patoklas Network. And uh, there's some information for you. Be careful out there. Prop 64. Love you all. Thank you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.